Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading from Redwood Pioneer by Betty Sterling. Chapter 9. The Cabin at Last. Mikey and Pat helped on the cabin again after the garden was planted. It really looked like a cabin now. The walls were finished with boards and bats, and the shakes were on the roof. The floor was laid and the inside walls were built. Tom had hunted along the creek until he found some good clay. Mikey helped him make the adobe bricks for the chimney in the fireplace. Pa built a handsome fireplace, big enough for Ma to cook in. It would be nice to have a stove, said Ma. Some day you shall, said Pa. One of those shiny black pot-bellied ones we saw in Santa Cruz. You shall have it before winter, too. Ma's blue eyes sparkled. The fireplace is nice, though, she said. When the fireplace and chimney were finished, Pa stood back, looked at it, and scratched his head. What's the matter, Pa? Mikey asked. It looks good to me. It looks good, Pa said, but what's worrying me is the rain. Will it all melt into a mud pie? Mikey asked. He thought that would be terrible. Who wanted a chimney to turn to mud just when a fire was needed most? Pa rubbed his whiskers. Couldn't you build a house over the chimney, Pa? asked Mikey. He didn't like to see Pa worried. Pat and Tom laughed. What a little boy idea, said Pat. A house over a chimney. He laughed and laughed. Now, Pat, said Pa, don't be thinking it's so funny. We'll have to do something like that, or the whole thing will wash away. We'll have to make walls all around the fireplace and chimney, and some sort of roof way up above it. Lucky for us that redwood doesn't burn well, said Pat, or our wood chimney would go up in smoke. Pa built the walls and roof for the chimney, and soon Mikey couldn't see the mud bricks at all from the outside of the cabin. Mikey helped Pat make the shutters for the windows and hang them. Someday, we'll bring real glass windows from Santa Cruz, said Pat. Then, the cabin was finished. The whole family trooped inside and inspected the rooms. There was a big front room. Ma and Pa and Sean and Liam would sleep there at night. In the daytime, it would be the living room. The little room which opened off the front room was a bedroom for Martha and Mary. The long kitchen was in the lean-to at the back of the house, and the rest of the lean-to was the big pantry. Mikey ran up the ladder through the hole in the front room ceiling to the loft. The loft was the boys' bedroom. Mikey thought it was wonderful up there. But the cabin didn't have any furniture yet. So Pa and the rest of the family got busy and made it. They made a big table, for as Mikey said, a big family of nine needs a huge table. They made chairs and benches and cupboards. They made big beds and middle-sized beds and a trundle bed for Sean and Liam that would fit under Ma and Pa's high bed. Pat even made a rocking chair for Ma. What a funny rocking chair, said Mikey, but it rocks anyway. Sure, and it's very nice, Pat, said Ma, rocking slowly back and forth. And I thank you very much, son. Pa built a porch across the front of the cabin and another at the kitchen door. That's to keep the mud out of the house, said Pa. This is a redwood cabin, said Mikey. Everything is redwood except the chimney and the fireplace, and they are covered in redwood. The Redwood Cabin in the Redwoods, sang Mary. Isn't it wonderful? 
ma and martha stuffed the mattress tickings with redwood needles and made the beds the first night that mikey slept inside the cabin he felt as if he was being shut up in a box it had been a long time since he'd slept under a roof i like the smell of the new redwood boards he said to pat and tom at their big bed at the foot of his but i'll miss having the mist drip down on me i won't miss it said tom i don't like to have the drip from the trees running down my neck and just think mikey pat said you won't have to worry about having a deer chew off your hair while you sleep pooh said mikey he turned over and went to sleep chapter 10 crawdad since the cabin was finished and the garden was growing pa and pat and tom made a trip to boulder with the three donkeys to bring up the rest of their stuff ma was happy to have her linen tablecloths for special days and her curtains and rag rugs and there were the few books and the rest of the pots and pans the cabin was really like home when everything was in place and mikey said pat don't you ever say i don't like you he handed mikey a special sack my shells exclaimed mikey oh thank you pat pat mussed up mikey's hair mary's face began to pucker where's my shells she whimpered well said pat i uh mary began to cry don't worry lassie said pat we don't need any extra rain in the redwoods he took a sack from another pocket and gave it to her mary dried her tears on her apron thank you pat you're a good brother she hugged him around his waist which was as high as she could reach well ma pa said the morning after he got back from his trip to boulder this place is all yours now i've got to be getting to work and what do you think you have been doing ma asked with a twinkle in her eye playing at house building for 15 hours a day said pa but i've got to be cutting the tan bark right away or it'll be too late in the season pat will go with me at first what about me tom asked i want you and mikey to build a cow shed and a chicken coop said pa there's plenty of lumber piled where we split the log after that's finished you can clear space for drying the tan bark then i'll take you with me too tom watched disappointedly as pat selected two axes how do you cut the bark pa he asked why they told me just how to do it at the tannery pa said first we gird the tree in two places to make a four-foot section of bark this is the best piece and we peel it off then we cut down the tree and strip off the rest of the bark in four-foot lengths he put the axe over his shoulder and took the packet of lunch ma handed him then we stack the bark to dry pat went on someday we'll make a sled from a couple of small trees to haul the bark on in the fall we'll take it on the wagon to the tannery in santa cruz you mean you'll take it from here to boulder on a log sled tom asked not all in one trip said pa we'll take some of it down green and stack it beside the wagon to dry what do you do with the tree when the bark is off mikey asked pa laughed that's for you to cut up into firewood oh mikey hoped it wasn't as tough to work with as some of the live oak he had cut into firewood at their old cabin mikey and tom watched pa and pat set off through the forest mikey would have liked to go with them but he thought it would be fun to build the cow shed too as soon as pa and pat were out of sight he and tom began carrying the boards from the place where the log had been there was no log now only the boards bark lots of splinters and sawdust they built a long cow shed and made stalls for the two cows and the three donkeys they made a place to store hay too and a place for all the tools next year pa will want to clear land to grow hay said tom this year he'll have to buy some in boulder that will cost plenty 
"'I'm glad there's grass along the creeks and among the trees,' said Mikey. "'That will feed the cows and donkeys for the summer and most of the winter.' The night the cowshed was finished, Maury's calf was born. "'We finished the shed just in time,' said Mikey. He patted the head of the wobbly brown and white calf. The smaller children danced around, watching the cow lick the calf and move to her softly. "'Let's name her Redwood,' said Mary. "'We have a Redwood house and Redwood furniture, and we live in the Redwoods.' We need a redwood calf. Tom and Mikey leaned on the fence and laughed. Such a funny name to give a calf, said Mikey. That's all right, said Martha. Mary has never named a calf before. We've all had turns. Mikey, you named the last calf that was born. But Pa sold her, said Mikey. He will sell this one too, said Martha. She'll make a good milk cow like her mother, and Pa will get plenty of money for her. Please, let's name her Redwood, begged Mary. All right, said Ma. I think that would be a nice name for the first calf born in the big forest. We'll call her Redwood. Red for short, said Mikey. The garden was growing fast, and to Mikey's disgust, the weeds were also growing fast. He and Mary or Tom had to spend a day or two every week pulling out the weeds. He had to repair the fence, too, where the deer tried to push through to eat the corn. I never saw corn grow so fast, Tom said one night. Why, it's even taller than Mikey. I don't think it's ever going to stop. Maybe it thinks it's Jack's beanstalk, said Mikey. Anyway, it's a good thing we didn't plant the beans with the corn, said Tom. Why? Mary asked. The corn grows so fast it would pull the beans out of the ground, said Tom. Now, now, Tom, said Ma. You mustn't be telling such tales to the little ones. Honest, Ma, said Tom. It really would. But Mikey could see the twinkle in his eye. Mikey kept busy chopping wood, too. Pa had made him the official wood gatherer. Mikey was proud of the job, but he wished it didn't take up so much time. He had to find dead trees to chop, and then get the wood back to the cabin and pile it neatly along the side wall of the cow shed. Some afternoons Mikey could play, but not often. He liked most to play in the deep pool where the two creeks joined. Now that the water was warm, Ma let him splash in the water with Sean and Liam, and sometimes Mary. Ma and Martha would bring their sewing or knitting and sit in the shade of the nutmeg tree beside the creek. Then Mikey and the little ones would splash and dive in the icy water. Mikey tried to learn to swim, but he wasn't sure how it would stun. He could splash hard with his arms and legs and get across the pool, though. Sean would shout, I'll splash you, Mikey! Then Mikey would try to get across the deepest part of the water to the high bank. Bushes hung over the water on that side, and he could hide behind their branches. Then he would really splash the water across to Sean, and Sean couldn't splash him at all. Some days, when Sean and Liam played in the sand, Mikey would stand still in the water, and the fish would swim close to him and nibble at his toes. He wished that there would be big fish, so he could go fishing as he had in Boulder. Pa said these fish were too little to bother with. One day, Sean and Liam were getting stones from the edge of the creek above the pool. They wanted to build a rock fort in the sand. Mikey! Mikey! Sean shouted, come quick. Mikey scrambled out of the water. He was sure Liam must be hurt. What's wrong, he asked. Liam was dancing around, pointing and jabbering. Mikey hurried to him. A crawdad, he said, a huge one. He pushed it out onto the sand and then played with it for a while. Later, Mikey tried to draw a picture of it in his old copy book. He had already drawn pictures of deer and squirrels and violets and trilliums and the bright-colored tiger lilies that were beginning to bloom along the streams. In the middle of the pages were the words he had learned to spell and write, 
and around the edges he had pictures. Mikey showed the crawdad picture to Pa at supper. Pa only needed to look once. Why, it's a crawdad, he said. You drew a good picture, Mikey. Pat laughed at him. Pat was big and strong and rough. Drawing is for girls, Mikey, he said. Mikey closed his book and sat on it. He didn't want his drawings to be laughed at. Shh, Pat, Ma said. Many great artists are men. Mikey must go to school someday and learn to paint. Mikey felt better when Ma said that, but he decided he wouldn't show her and Pa his pictures when Pat was around. Pat didn't look as if he agreed with Ma at all. It wasn't really the drawing that Mikey liked the best. He liked to find all about the creatures that lived in the Redwoods. He had to watch them closely to draw them. But he was still afraid of the Redwood Forest. It was so big, and the trees were so tall and strong. He always felt like a beetle crawling on the ground when he walked among the giant trees. He wasn't afraid of the swift deer, or the squirrels, or the black-masked raccoons, or even the howling coyotes. Even the slimy yellow slugs didn't bother him anymore. It was the trees. Whenever he wandered into the forest, he wanted to tiptoe so the trees wouldn't hear him. But he never mentioned it to anyone. He knew Pat would laugh at him, for Pat wasn't afraid of anything. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.